This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Now your host, Derek T. Dorch. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. We've got one of our favorite guests on the line right now, Evan Lesser. He's the founder, president, and the director at clearancejobs.com. He's been one of our regular guests. We're talking to him today about what's going on with the clearance market in terms of the new dynamics and everything else with the new Biden administration and all the other kind of changes that have happened with COVID-19 and everything else in terms of the future of the clearance market and what kind of jobs are coming up right now. Evan, thank you for coming back going. Hey, happy new year. We haven't talked since the new year. So happy new year. And, uh, and how things been going with clearance jobs? Good. Yeah, I appreciate it, Derek. And glad to be here. Happy new year to you. Yeah, you know, it, it's been interesting. Um, every four years, you know, either we're, we're getting a new president, new administration, new, new thoughts and ideas, new changes, uh, or it's a carryover from the last. And obviously, uh, things have been um, interesting, to say the least, over the past couple of months. But yeah, the, the, the new administration is in, and we're still trying to put out our feelers to try to figure out what, what the next four years are going to look like with regards to the uh, Department of Defense budget and, and how it's going to affect um, security clearance hiring. Sure. Hey, you know, I've been, I've been monitoring the Biden administration in terms of them been talking recently. From what I'm sensing, there may be some significant hiring going on with either Department of Defense uh, the Intel community, Department of State, maybe some of the law enforcement agencies, based on the number of threats that are out there right now, it seems as if the Biden administration is going to want to probably kind of up the ante in terms of the number of people who are supporting those different agencies. Am I am I kind of hearing that correctly, or what are you sensing? Yeah, no, that, that's actually pretty accurate. You know, the the new administration is still in its what first thirty days, mm-hmm. so there's really only speculation at this point, but the indications are that the DOD budget will need to be reduced a bit to help pay for the ongoing pandemic response, you know, both medically and and economically. Now, the DOD budget, as you know, is the government's most expensive line item, um, and it's kind of the clear target. But that said, you know, even if the DOD budget is slashed by, I don't know, 10 or or 15 percent, we're still talking levels of spending north of 600 billion for the base DOD budget. Right. Uh, the DOD budget has been at similar levels in the not so distant past and the defense industrial base was booming then just as it is booming now. So it's speculation, but it's pretty clear that the money's gonna have to come from somewhere to pay for the pandemic response. And the DOD is the biggest target, but um, most employers are not really worried. Um, as you mentioned, in terms of hiring, you know, Biden is a centrist. He does believe in a strong defense. But unlike the last administration, Biden wants to do some things that would require more security cleared workers. As you mentioned, he wants to expand the State Department, get back to more diplomacy. He wants the military National Guard to help out with COVID relief and and vaccinations. Uh, Biden wants to put higher emphasis on cybersecurity and also using technology to make government more efficient. So while the DOD base budget may decrease a little bit, spending in other areas is going to likely increase. Without question. Hey, and, and, and the COVID, um, and with this whole COVID scenario, in terms of what's been going on, I know I'm kind of jumping around. I know we had kind of a list, uh, 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 Evan, but I'm going to jump around a little bit. With COVID-19, mm-hmm. since we're talking about it, 
What's been the change in terms of the security clearance mark? I've been reading a number of different agencies have been very, very innovative in terms of now creating programs where there may be more ability for security clearance workers to now uh, either access a cloud system or some type of system that will allow them to do you know, top secret work from, how, from the home. What's going to be the mm-hmm. changes from COVID-19 in terms of the workforce in, you know, in, in the future? Sure. I think there's really two areas to that. The first is very specific to security clearance holders, and the second is more broad uh, to the U.S. Um, uh, worker base. And, and I think more broadly, both employers and workers' perceptions have changed about working from home. Um, you know, the pandemic has kind of laid bare what our capabilities are and, and, and where we can stretch and, and where we can uh, actually do our jobs. So, you know, at a broad level, uh, the world and the U.S. really understands that working from home is actually possible. And in some cases, people are going to be more productive. So um, more broadly, you're going to see more and more people working from home. A lot of industries and businesses are now making uh, coming into an option, uh, office optional. From the security clearance perspective, uh, I guess this was one of the biggest fears uh, roughly a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic is that security cleared people could not do their work from home due to the secure nature of the information they need to access. And as it turns out, um, they've actually been doing quite well working from home. Um, Most people with security clearance don't necessarily access classified information on a daily, hourly basis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a sporadic need. There are some jobs where that's all you do is work with classified information, but a lot of jobs, you don't necessarily need it on a, on a daily basis and working from home through unclassified systems was turned out to be perfectly fine. There are some people going into offices. Those are the folks that need access to classified information hourly, but uh, the DOD has really had its eyes opened and, and realized that security clearances and working from home uh, are not necessarily oil and water that they actually can mix. And Derek, as you mentioned, uh, the Air Force, the Army, other agencies are looking at um, how to bring uh, classified information um, to people's homes through secure pipes um, and secure networks so people can access that information. You know, this is not the last pandemic. Um, Thankfully, this one's starting to look like it's uh, going to be gone by the end of this year, but um, it's not the last pandemic. There'll be others. And um, the government's had a, uh, their eyes opened in terms of uh, what they need to do and, and where they need to be. So, yeah, you're going to see a lot of technology and contracts and uh, money being put towards uh, government employees working from homes, specifically those with clearance. You know, and tell me if I'm correct on this, Evan, but I'm assuming that this is a big cost saver, too. I mean, you know, of course, the number of buildings and the number of installations that had to be kind of put into place in order to have a very, very big secure workforce kind of work out of was pretty massive in terms of the expense and the cost of doing those things. I'm also thinking that because of the new nature in terms of whether it be counterintelligence or espionage, we oftentimes had many people who were being spied upon as they drove into work in certain areas by foreign intelligence services. So having a decentralized kind of work from home nature oftentimes will protect those people as well. Have you heard anything about those kind of kind of maybe the benefits? I mean, of course, it's going to benefit people in terms of not being in traffic and maybe do other things. But has there also been a security benefit as it relates to some agencies and also lowering the costs? Yeah, you're probably onto something. Um, I, I can't say I've, I've heard or read anything um, 
uh, at this point that, that regards that. But I think the main thing to keep in mind is that it's probably going to be a wash with regards to um, uh, to costs. You may have fewer people coming into offices, but at the same time, the kind of technology that the government wants to create that would allow people to do classified work from home is going to be uh, pretty expensive. So, you know, mm. I, I'm, I'm guessing at this point, hypothesizing, but uh, assuming it'll be a, uh, be about a wash. But, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens come this summer and, and this fall when the bulk of the U.S. population has vaccinations and whether the government is forcing people to get back into offices or whether they're going to allow people to continue to work from home. You know, based on our surveys of security cleared workers um, over the last year, they are expecting at least some work from home time. You know, their perceptions right. have changed and their goals have changed. And honestly, if the government doesn't let people work from home some of the time, we may see um, folks leaving the industry and going to other industries where they can work from home. I'm seeing a whole bunch of people who are now and this is in the D.C. area and other high expense areas who have been moving out of those areas and going to cheaper locations and now working from home. Are you seeing that trend in terms of the number of different employees who now want to say, you know what, I don't need to be in the DMV. I don't need to be in these high expensive areas. I can go somewhere else, have a a cheaper cost of life. And then I can now kind of do the same kind of job I was doing there. And I can travel, you know, when I need to go to a meeting here and there, if necessary, but I can see life in a different way. Are you seeing that more and more? Yeah, definitely. And and, and more with um, the federal contracting firms than with the federal government directly. The, mm-hmm. the federal contracting firms for a long time have been all about absolutely zero remote work. Everyone's coming into an office. Everyone's sitting in the same pods and, and working together. But, you know, again, the, the pandemic has really laid bare um, what the capabilities are and what the possibilities are. And, people have been working from home for almost a year now, and they've been very productive, in some cases, uh, more productive. Right. Um, Whether there are fewer or more security risks, I think it's still up in the air, but uh, people's perceptions have changed. At at first, a lot of people were were not thrilled with working from home, especially those with clearance. But now that we're almost a year into this, it's now expected that they're going to be spending some time working from home um, in the future, even post-COVID. So the world has changed for sure. Without question. Hopefully it's going to continue to change for the better, although we you know, have the unfortunate COVID situation and lost the number of lives out there. But hopefully what's going to come out of it is that we see some positive changes kind of going forward. Hey, Evan, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the clearing processing times. And has there been any kind of updates in terms of security clearances that may give some people some hope for the future? And then we'll kind of keep this conversation going on from there. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He's the founder, president, and director of clearancejobs.com. If you are a clearance holder, you need to be on the site. Uh, they got plenty of jobs that are looking for people with either security clearances of the secret nature, top secret nature, top secret SEI, or top secret SEI with a poly, even all the way down to a confidential. So if you're one of those seekers, get on that site right now. If you're an employer, same thing. A good candidate pool in terms of people who you can begin tapping into in terms of the talent pool who have clearances that may be able to help either your agency or your company. We're talking about the clearance jobs update right now in terms of what's going on in the market with clearances and everything else. We'll be right back after this break. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we're talking about clearance jobs. We're talking about what's going on. We've got one of our favorite guests on the line right now, 
Evan Lesser. He's always coming on and giving us some updates about the clearance job market right now. He's the founder, president, and director of clearancejobs.com, which is a job site for the clear market. Hey, Evan, talk to us about what's going on with security clearances. Has there been any kind of either updates or changes or positive news, or are we still kind of in the hole in terms of the length of time that it takes to get people security cleared? Sure. So there's really two topics. The first is security clearance processing times, and the second is uh, the total number of people with clearance. With regards to uh, clearance processing times, there have been some updates. And gosh, well, over the last four fiscal quarters, uh, DOD and industry clearance processing times have continued to decrease. And as of Q4 of last year, the government reported that final end-to-end secret clearances were taking only 107 days and top secret clearances were taking 136 days. Now, that's for the fastest 90% of cases, so 10% are likely above those timelines. But the chart is moving in the right direction. It keeps getting lower and lower. Again, for the last four fiscal quarters, clearance processing times have gone down, and that's good news. Evan, is that is that all part of the whole DOD initiative? Uh, you know, with the, with Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency kind of taking the the ball on these security clearances. Have we just seen that a little bit more of a better handling of the security clearance issue because of this agencies and their initiatives, or or what's been the change? Yeah, you, you're correct. Um, you know, when clearance um, investigations moved from the National Background Investigation Bureau over to the DOD. They definitely had some uh, thoughts and ideas on how they wanted to tackle investigations, and it seems to be working. Um, you know, four fiscal quarters, it's been going down in terms of end-to-end clearance processing time. So whatever they're doing, it, it actually is working. But, you know, again, I think the fact that it's been going down is really positive news. One, because there's a true, real, you know, visible downward trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and secondly, because we're almost in the range where hiring someone without a clearance and waiting for them to be fully adjudicated appears to be in view for the first time in at least five years. You know, I'll, I'll note we're not there yet. Most employers don't want to wait 136 days for a top secret clearance adjudication, especially on the off chance their candidate might be in that 10% of cases it takes longer or might not get a clearance, but uh, it is looking better. And, you know, the hope is that maybe by the end of this year, employers will be able to pluck someone off the street without a clearance, put them in through the process and get them back in a timely manner. Is it, te- is it technology? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that technology is constantly getting better and better and better. It, has that been also a, a major, you know, kind of factor in terms of these clearances right now that the technology is getting better? And so you can pop somebody's name into a system and then get a lot more information on somebody a lot quicker and then be able to process process that person quicker than before is that is that kind of the evolution right now evan it is and it's slow but sure um but i think the the main reason that um investigation times have gone down is simply due to a better allocation of resources Mm -hmm. right now um i'm trying to remember the the last number it was roughly 2.5 million people i believe that are under uh the continuous evaluation program And um, you and your listeners will remember that continuous evaluation is essentially the replacement for the manual periodic reinvestigations. In the past, an investigator would have to, um, uh, in most cases, go out and do a reinvestigation of someone with security clearance. It's a very manual process, um, uh, very human driven. And that would happen every five, 10 or 15 years, depending on your clearance level. Well, you know, over the last couple of years, the DOD has pioneered this 
continuous evaluation, continuous vetting uh, program, which is an automated means of ensuring that someone remains suitable to hold a clearance. And what that has done is it has freed up uh, investigative resources to focus on those um, uh, full end-to-end cases. So I think that's been the, the really big thing that's happened, uh, especially with the DOD, is just this reallocation of resources due to continuous evaluation, continuous vetting, and and putting more people on those initial um, first security clearances. What are we hearing in terms of uh, security clearances as a whole, Evan? In turn, are there going to be any updates or changes as it relates to either the SF-86 or the EQIP form as it relates to the questions that are being asked of, of people who are trying to get security clearances? Are there going to be any updates, whether it be uh, drug usage or other areas that have been in the conversation of a number of politicians just recently. There's been a whole dynamic of the legalization mm-hmm. of marijuana. Uh, there's, you know, a yeah. number of other kind of, you know, you know, concerns about whether it be mental health or whatever the case is. Are we seeing that also evolve with security clearances and the questions being asked? Oh, completely. And, and whether it takes place in 2021 or 2022, it's definitely on the way. So you mentioned a couple of things in, in no particular order. Uh, marijuana is one. Uh, more and more states have continued to legalize it. It's obviously not legal at the federal level, but um, this administration has talked about it. And I know that there's um, a lot of lawmakers pushing for it. So marijuana is going to be a topic on the table uh, over the next four years. Um, another one that has really just popped up in the last couple of weeks is looking at the more counterintelligence angle of each individual person trying to get a security clearance. Um, unfortunately, with the January 6th um, uh, taker of the Capitol, you know, there are a lot of people that came from law enforcement, came from military, and lawmakers are now starting to try to figure out maybe we need to change the SF-86 to ask more pointed questions around uh, individuals' allegiance uh, to the United States, and are they a member of certain groups that are uh, uh, deemed to be insurrectionists? So I think you'll see that changing on the SF-86 in the next couple of years. And then I think last but not least is there's got to be some questions that address individuals during the pandemic. People have experienced uh, big financial problems during the pandemic that were not necessarily their own fault. Depression and um, uh, alcohol use uh, is is up. Uh, There's all sorts of uh, mental health questions going on. And I don't think people have really figured out completely what what the right questions to ask are. But the pandemic has changed people's lives um, uh, forever. And it's going to, the SF-86 will have to reflect um, uh, people's new mindsets. You know, with that being the case, Evan, you kind of mentioned the January 6th situation, which is very, very big deal. Uh, You know, I've had a number of conversations where people are so concerned about the insider threat. And it sounds as if this is going to be, are are you kind of hearing right now that there's going to be kind of a, and I know uh, uh, Secretary of Defense Austin has been kind of addressing this with the with the Defense Department, but is this going to be kind of a whole of government scenario where there's going to be a, a maybe a a new take on uh, people who have security clearances, uh, uh, military members, and other people where there may be a dynamic of like you just mentioned certain questions that are being asked, or even a little bit more checking of people either social media sites and things of that sort that may be giving indicators that they may be part of either extremist groups like the Proud Boys or Oath Keepers or Three Percenters or whatever the case is, and that their leanings may be a little bit more extreme kind of going forward. Are we headed in that direction, Evan? Yeah, yeah, we really are. And 
Um, January 6th is still fairly fresh. I mean, we're, we're just a little bit over a month um, since that happened, but lawmakers are already saying we need to scrub the Defense Department, we need to scrub government, we need to go through and try to identify people that um, may be sympathetic to uh, the insurrection in some of the fringe groups um, and, and, and do what we can to, to, to purge them from government. Um, you know, it, it's already been noted that of the 200 plus people that have been arrested, um, that a number of them had security clearance in the past. And as I mentioned before, plenty of them um, were, were ex-military. So it, it really is unfortunate, but um, the government's going to have to do some scrubbing to try to figure out uh, who's still around that may be sympathetic to this and uh, do what we can to eliminate them as an insider threat. Without question. I want to keep on talking about this when we come back. I know you got the employer survey out, and I want to talk about the results in a few minutes, Evan, when we come back. Got to take a quick break. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He's a founder, president, and director of clearancejobs.com, a great clear, uh, a site for cleared workers. If you got a, a security clearance, whether it be a confidential, secret, top secret, top secret SEI, top secret SEI with a poly, get on that site right now. There are a number of different contractors who are looking for a, a good talent pool right now. And so that market is still very, very high. If you're an employer looking for that talent pool, jump on clearancejobs.com as well. We'll be right back after this break. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we are talking to Evan Lesser. He's a founder, president, and director of clearancejobs.com, a clearance site in terms of people with security clearances or those agencies or organizations or companies who are looking for people with security clearances can find jobs and they can connect and kind of go from there. So it's a great site right there. Also some great information on their site, some great uh, career information for those who are in the clearance job market as well on clearancejobs.com. We're talking about what's going on with the security clearance market at this moment in time. Evan's been giving us some updates about what's happening. Hey, Evan, I know you've been doing the employee survey, uh, a results, uh, the employee survey. What's the results that came out of that? What kind of interesting things are you seeing right now? I guess for a little bit of color around the survey, the, the biggest problem that employers have had over the last number of years is there just simply haven't been enough people with security clearance out there. The, the supply mm -hmm. of clear talent hasn't matched the demand for the talent. But here's the good news. For the last roughly seven years, the total population of DOD cleared workers got smaller and smaller and smaller from about 4.6 million in 2013 to 3.5 million in 2018. Now, what's exciting to note, and this has changed the, the color of our survey for employers, is that the president's management agenda released last month noted that the total pool of DOD security clearance holders has actually increased. It's now at 3.8 million. Now, that's a good improvement over the last five years. Honestly, I wasn't sure we'd see the number of DOD cleared people increase after, gosh, seven plus years of decreases, but it may finally right. be here. So that has colored um, our annual survey results of employers of, of uh, federal agencies and government contracting firms that require cleared people. In the past, the main problem they had was finding cleared talent. These days, the key problem that they're facing is uh, essentially communicating with cleared talent, getting cleared talent to respond to them. And the reason is, is because 81% of security cleared workers are employed. So the number of active job seekers is roughly 19% at most. And that just means that of those, um, you know, roughly 3.8 million with, uh, people with security clearance, 
that about 19% of those are actually actively looking for a new job. And that's a very, very small uh, number. And that means that employers have been able to find talent with security clearance, but they've been having a lot of trouble getting those people to respond to them to learn about new career opportunities. So uh, the market has definitely changed around a little bit. And for the last few years, the survey results were pretty much the same. Over the last 12 months, they've definitely changed. Hey, Evan, let me dive into that number real quick. Um, Is this because of a dynamic in time? We know me and you have talked about this many times. Is government work being seen as less um, attractive or less exciting uh, for many people in the job market right now? Is there kind of that still continuous change that uh, maybe working for the government or working for a government contractor is not as appealing and so we're seeing those numbers right there in, in, in what you're seeing in the survey. Is that what's coming out or what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's always black uh, black and white. There's rarely any in between. <laughs> um, over the last, yeah, over the last four years, there were two things at play. The first is that, you know, whatever your political leanings, a, a lot of people were not interested in working for government mm-hmm. over, or, or contractors for the last four years. At the same time, unemployment, you know, pre-pandemic was really, really low, especially in tech and engineering jobs. And they were paying really well for these non-cleared positions. So we Mm -hmm. saw at least half of security cleared workers getting job offers outside of the cleared world. And many of them were more than happy to take a job outside the cleared world, let their clearance lapse um, and, and be getting paid more money. And then boom, a year ago, the pandemic hits and everything goes back in the other direction people with security clearance were suddenly saying, oh, I, I need to hold on to this valuable asset. Right. Um, I need to keep my job. I need to try to find uh, uh, cleared work and keep my, my, uh, my clearance active. So, you know, it keeps ping-ponging back and forth. Now that, uh, knock on wood, there's a bit of a, a potential end of the pandemic in sight by this fall or, or winter with um, uh, most of America having uh, been vaccinated uh, and unemployment, um, looking better and better and better and uh, U.S. economy looking better, uh, I think you're going to see more and more people diving into um, security cleared work. I think the other last issue is the fact that security clearance processing is taking less time. It's still pretty long, but it is taking less time. The trends that it's going down uh, might mean that employers are more willing to pull someone in off the street that doesn't have a clearance and get them uh, an initial clearance. And that's going to change the dynamic, too. So, you know, honestly, a year ago, it looked radically different than it does right now. Um, That's just the the up and down, black and white, on and off nature of this marketplace. You know, that's going to be a major change right there. If you have government contractors who are now just kind of pulling people off the street and saying, you know what, we will clear you kind of going forward. Do you anticipate that happening, you know, in 2021, uh, Evan, or is that possibly a, a kind of a 2022 thing kind of going forward, depending on how things are going? I mean, how, 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 you know, how much hope can we give people who don't have security clearances that maybe one day a government count, you may see some job listings on your site or indeed.com or wherever the case is. And you'll, you'll see that, uh, ability to get a security clearance more often than security clearance required. When is that going to be today? Yeah. So listen, a year ago, it was taking 280 days uh, to get a DOD industry clearance for the fastest 90% of cases. Fast forward a year later, that 280 days is down to 136 days. Wow. Um, a year ago, it was taking 169 days to get a secret clearance in-to-end processing. 
and now it's down to 107 days. So uh, again, the graph is going in the right direction. Right. Um, one quarter does not make a trend. Four quarters definitely does. So it keeps getting lower and lower and lower. And to answer your question, you know, if it keeps going at the rate it's going now, by the end of this year, employers will be able to find someone with the right skills but no clearance, put them through the clearance process, and in a relatively timely manner, um, get them a brand new clearance. And that's a dynamic we haven't seen, gosh, in, in a decade. Well, that, w- that will be a major, major uh, significant you know, game changer in this whole security clearance market. And I, I've been reading that the Biden administration is very much so on the, uh, uh, the, the real kind of a planning mode in terms of how do they re- either uh, re- you know, recruit new talent and how do they retain talent as well? So I'm assuming that they're going to be pushing for this stuff right here in terms of you know, the better uh, uh, access to security clearances to get that new talent in, but also to retain that old talent. Hey, what are you seeing in the survey in terms of retention? I know the pandemic has some impact on that, but of course, at some point in time, we'll be post-pandemic and the job market may also swing back to where there's a number of positions, whether it be tech, engineering, and other places that are going to be, again, you know, paying the higher salaries than government. What's being done in terms of, you know, are people already thinking about that in terms of retention kind of going forward or what are you seeing? Yeah. So one of our recent surveys um, that we had done, um, and this is roughly a year and a half old um, and the pandemic did change a lot, but I don't think these numbers are too terribly far off. Um, Candidates had let us know that 84% of security cleared professionals were at least somewhat likely to change employers in the next 12 months. And as I mentioned uh, previously, 52% of cleared professionals had received a non-clear job offer in the last 12 months. Um, Lastly, about 33% of security cleared professionals were very likely to change employers in the next 12 months. So you hit the nail on the head. Retention is one of the bigger issues that companies need to uh, be paying attention to. It is um, without a doubt guaranteed that security cleared workers are getting hammered by recruiters on a regular basis. And that means that they're getting job offers popped up in front of them almost daily. And the security cleared workers understand that they can change jobs and usually get a pretty good bump in salary. And they could roughly do that every, you know, eight to 12 months. Right. And no employer is going to bat an eye due to the, the scarcity of talent in the market. Now with clearance processing times going down, and more and more people coming into uh, the security cleared world being up to what, 3.8 million now, which is the first time we've seen it raise in many years. Um, maybe retention in the future won't be as much of an issue, but right now um, uh, poaching is rampant. Employers, when they need to find talent, they're gonna most likely be talking to candidates that are already employed and trying to pull them from their current job and get them to come over to uh, a new organization. So. Uh, paying attention to retention is just incredibly important for all security cleared employers at this point. Without question, without question. Evan, I want to talk about the job outlook when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Evan Lesser. He's a founder, president, and director of clearancejobs.com. If you've got a clearance, you need to be on that site. If you've got everything from a confidential all the way to a top secret SCI to with a poly, then it's a great site for you to be on. If you're an employer looking for the clear candidates, who have those security clearances, it's also a great site to be on. Whether you're a government agency or a government contractor, they've got the talent pool there to find the right kind of people to fulfill your work requirements going forward. We're talking to Evan right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. 
Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we have been talking to Evan Lesser. He is the founder, uh, president, and director of ClarenceJobs.com, a man with three titles. So he's the boss <laughs> at ClarenceJobs.com. Hey, Evan, we've been talking about a number of different things, and you've been giving us some good updates about what's going on uh, with the clear market, uh, some exciting news in terms of security clearance and everything else. But tell us about what's going on with the job outlook. Are we still... Uh, 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 very much towards cyber? Are we seeing some new uh, uh, positions come up? Are we seeing some maybe some healthcare people who need clearances come up? What are we looking at in terms of maybe job outlook for 2021? Yeah, it's it's a candidate's market for sure. Um, if you hold a clearance, you are in the proverbial catbird seat and uh, it can really uh, almost call your shots, especially if you have a higher level clearance or tech or engineering skills. So Pretty similar to previous years, um, IT jobs are without a doubt the, the vast majority of security cleared positions. Engineering jobs um, are plentiful and, and pay incredibly well. Lots and lots of open jobs for um, linguists, logistics, uh, sales and marketing professionals, um, uh, uh, field service, uh, plenty of jobs overseas, plenty of jobs uh, stateside. It's just a, it's a booming market right now in terms of uh, job opportunity. Any job you can think of, there's probably a cleared version of it out there. One of the things that we have seen uh, that's been an interesting dynamic over the last year is more and more uh, mergers and acquisitions. So companies, large defense industry companies acquiring smaller companies mm-hmm. and absorbing those employees, which usually have security clearance. And that's been an interesting dynamic because I think that the Fortune 500 defense firms, those global behemoths, um, are getting even bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're, they're holding more power and more sway over the industry. Um, at the same time, we've seen quite a lot, a number of small 10-person or 20-person um, uh, DOD industry startups, uh, companies that are extremely specialized in, in just you know, very narrow things like one particular type of uh, intrusion detection or some type of encryption or some type of satellite system, uh, companies that are incredibly specialized, small defense industry startups, usually funded by uh, larger players. So there's quite a lot of opportunity out there. And, and again, if you're holding a clearance, you're going to be in command with regards to salaries, benefits, uh, work from home. It's just a candidate's market now. If you've got a clearance, you definitely want to maintain it because um, you're sitting in a good spot. You know, what, what's the salaries looking like these days? I mean, are, are people, you know, with, with this kind of being an, an employee's market right now, if you got a clearance right now, are we still, are we looking at just kind of, you know, uh, bonuses or are we looking at, you know, the six digit salaries or high five digits or what are we looking at for most people with clearances these days? So salaries are definitely up. Um, in fact, just last week we finished our most recent security clearance compensation uh, report and that will be out in the next 30 days, and we'll make sure we get a copy over to you. But um, all indications are that salaries for cleared people have picked up over the last year. Um, over the last couple of years, they've been steadily increasing, not by gigantic amounts, usually in the sure. three to four percent range, but they have been increasing. Um, and I think one of the key things you'll note is that there are certain pockets, whether it be cybersecurity or engineering or certain geographies or certain clearance levels where you're seeing compensation increase um, uh, even more dramatically. The last thing I'll throw out is that you can always tell how tight a market is by the amount of signing bonuses you see out there. And employers 
are now bringing back these 10, 15, 20, 25,000 dollars signing bonuses. And uh, they're also paying people to refer security clear workers to them, paying you even if you're not an employee. So there's quite a lot of activity, definitely a flurry of activity. And um, uh, those types of things are great indicators about how strong and tight the market is. I know I've been noticing that with a number of different people from certain companies who uh, who have hit me up in other places and said, listen, if you know somebody, uh, please, you know, uh, you know, send me their resume. I guess what's happening is that they're doing their internal referral programs where the employees can get maybe a five to ten thousand dollar check if they're able to bring in a new security clearance worker. Is that the case right now? Evan, are you seeing that as well? It is. It really is. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, a, it's an interesting market, for sure. You know, Derek, um, employers are desperate for talent. Candidates are getting hammered by recruiters on a daily basis. There's far more open jobs than available talent to fit. But things are changing. Um, it's actually looking a lot more um, uh, balanced. It's starting to look more balanced right. um, than it has over the last five or six years. So um, uh, really uh, hopeful for the future. You know, Evan, you kind of mentioned a couple of things. I mean, cyber has always been the case. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about Soto Winds, you know, and, and we've had a couple, you know, major uh, uh, cyber incidents. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, we've been talking for so long. We know about the OPM hack. You know, we've had now we just had the Soto Winds situation just recently and everything else. That cyber situation just seems to be an area that is going to continue to increase with artificial intelligence, with other dynamics kind of going on. Um, are, are, are you seeing a number of people who are in the market right now who may even have security clearances or who are looking to kind of build skill sets? Are we seeing a trend in terms of people getting a little bit more cyber education in order to grab onto these jobs right now? Or what are we seeing? Yeah, cybersecurity, and you and I have been talking about this for years. Cybersecurity is hot, was hot, will always be hot. I mean, that's that's the future of Warfare is the future of technology. Uh, you know, that's the way the world has, has gone. And the pandemic has really opened it up even more. So um, the government, um, not too terribly long ago, has really tried to start to unify some of their um, cybersecurity efforts. And uh, CISA, the, the federal agency, is still re- relatively new, but uh, they were really looking hard and fast at how to protect elections, how to protect uh, cyber infrastructure, how to protect government systems. And, you know, by all um, uh, intents and purposes, they, they were looked like they were doing a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the cyber winds thing happened and everyone's like, oh my gosh, um, how could this have happened? Um, you've got a really strong agency with strong leaders um, and a great mission and then cyber winds happen. And it really makes you take a look back and say, oh my gosh, if we can do everything right and cyber winds happened, yeah, um, yeah. We've, got a, we've got a lot of work left to do. So the cybersecurity world is gonna be uh, burgeoning for, for, for the rest of history. And um, you know, in 2021 with the new administration, there's gonna be a, a huge focus on shoring up our cyber defenses. I think you're gonna see CISA and other um, uh, agencies really picking up their, their talent and doing what they can to protect the country from these uh, um, these cyber threats. You know, Evan, that, that kind of leads me to another question. I mean, you know, we just recently had a situation that a water plant, right, right kind of during a Super Bowl scenario, mm-hmm. that the water plant was kind of attacked in the cyber uh, realm and that somebody was trying to poison the water uh, supply. Are we going to see a dynamic of more state and maybe local and county agencies 
who now need people who are working either cybersecurity side or other areas who are going to also need these top secret security clearances to, in order to be able to work with federal agencies, whether it be a CISA or other parts of Homeland Security or FBI and everything else. Are we going to also see that become a little bit more? I know it's already kind of been there in the fusion centers, but are we going to also see that increase based on the threats that are out there right now? Do, do you have any indicator on that? Yeah, a little bit. And, and if your listeners aren't aware, um, really over the last, gosh, couple of days, um, there was a, a water treatment plant in Florida that was hacked um, using some remote access software. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely opened people's eyes up uh, because, you know, when you've got the digital realm going to the physical realm and that type of infrastructure, it, it, it's definitely scary. So one of the trends we have seen over the last number of years is that each state has their own Department of Homeland Security. You know, California uh, Department of Homeland Security, New York State of uh, Homeland Security, et cetera. And we've seen those agencies get larger and larger because there needs to be more coordination between um, uh, state governments and federal governments with, with regards to the threats. And the, the Florida water treatment facility hack uh, is a great reminder that there needs to be more coordination and that there needs to be um, uh, uh, more inner workings between federal government and, and state government. So we have seen increases in hiring at state departments of Homeland Security. And I think that trend is just going to continue. Um, the feds can't do everything. Right. And, um, you know, this type of uh, infrastructure security has to be down at the, at the state level uh, without a doubt. Without question. Evan, I know you got to run. I know you're headed to the next meeting. Hey, get the salary survey over to us so that when we can talk about it, maybe next month sometime, definitely interested in seeing the results about what's going on. And then we'll definitely be in touch and get you back on next month so we can talk about these issues a little bit more. It sounds like there's some exciting news for 2021 and maybe going into 2022. We'll kind of see what happens, but let's kind of keep on hoping and praying that it's going to be some good stuff coming our way. Hey, Evan, thanks so much, man. Good to talk with you, Derek. You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at 1 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.